I'm gonna go with a shot of Jim Beam and make it two of them. Apparently, I'm the only true Idahoan, and the the answer is obviously either Idaho silver vodka <laughs> or Idaho gold blended whiskey. Ugh. Oh, oh God. Are you okay? Are you feeling it? It is a loss, but you don't have you, to lose. You feel too. the pain. <laughs> it takes mortification to get through the pain. Welcome back, Drive from the North Brave and Bold, to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me, as always, we have TJ. What's up, Vandals? And Brian. Good to be here, man. Joining us again, the best of all time, Alex the Boat Boatman. How you doing, Alex? Great, fellas. Great to be on again. Yep. And uh, I feel like this is one of those podcasts where we'll have to say TJ's favorite line, uh, all opinions are owned by individual podcasters and do not reflect... Tubs at the club as a whole. That was we're, missed. We're at that we're at that time of the year where people start saying some crazy things, and we need to make everybody know that uh, it doesn't necessarily mean we all believe it. And like always, we want to remind people that today's episode is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local Idaho causes, like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. All right, uh, bad news. Uh, we are coming off of a really hard-fought. I could, you know don't want to put words in everybody's mouth. Uh, Twenty-seven to twenty-four loss at uh, considered a Big Sky bottom dweller. We're thirteenth in the Big Sky podcast power rankings. Northern Colorado Bears, guys. Man, we could dissect this one for a week, but uh, we've got to keep it to about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, anybody want to take the lead on on what happened? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Um, it, it's it's kind of a, a gloomy week to be a vandal, um, but I think we kind of finally came down to earth from last week. Uh, we were, we were pretty high up on our horse after beating Eastern like that, um, but there are some similarities I think in that game. Um, obviously, we played completely different in both those games, but. We kind of did the similar trend where we come out firing in the first half. You know, we look confident, we look good, and then the second half we kind of pre- we played this prevent or let guys go underneath us defense um, that that kind of thrashes us a little bit. And that's not to say there's no one person. I mean, there could be somebody you could blame for this game, um, but there was a lot to look at for that second half to to why that happened. Um, I, I think, first of all, I think we started out the running game really good. I think we kind of stuck with that. Um, I know there's some red zone issues. I think we got a little Super Bowl uh, 2014 Seahawks when we tried to throw it that close to the end zone, especially when our running game was looking that good. Um, but, yeah, we keep doing this thing now where we come out firing first half and then somehow crumble or it's a mental thing where we say let's just hold them off until we win this game for the second half. And we end up falling short this week. Um, it 
It did. That su- that game sucked. Um, so you know, it's it's weird being a vandal this week. I think everyone feels it, and yeah, hopefully, once we c- cover the next game, we can kind of pick ourselves back up. Yeah, I mean, I I know my biggest takeaways are just like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It felt like uh, between. I mean, I hope you burned that Mason Petrino jersey because you jujued the bad juju all into him. Like, that was probably his worst performance of his career. Um, so no more handmade Mason Petrino jerseys. But, man, he – three picks. Uh, I know in Paul's post-game press conference, he said that the last pick was kind of on him and play calling. But that still leaves two picks, one of which is, you know, in the end zone. That's unacceptable. And then another one's been driving – and then the third one pretty much sealed the game. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to say I told you so, but you know my my keys to go or goal to go segment literally hit on just about everything. Uh, we haven't won a road Big Sky game yet. That continues. Uh, I also said that uh, Milo Hall and Jacob Nip are players that people do need to give respect to because they do have the ability to beat you. And Jacob Nip was due for a vintage performance, and he just about gave us that. Milo Hall was really the person that delivered it for us, uh, or for the Bears. But uh, the other thing was I called it in the pregame show. This was a, a spooky place to play. Uh, they actually had a better fan attendance than I thought they yeah. would. Uh, I know even hey. Kyler Neal even messaged me during the game going like, yeah, they shouldn't even be in the big sky. Their fan attendance is terrible. Thinking I don't think he had tuned in yet. Uh, and I kind of had to tell him, I'm like, no, man, it was a – they actually had some pretty good attendance, and their stadium, no offense, it's not much different than Eastern's. I mean, put a yellow field. And and I think it, the, that grass looked a little bit better this time, too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so. Um, but I do think that it also kind of comes back to, like, it's just it's weird, and it's not easy to get to. You have to fly into Denver, then take a bus. And I know you we actually that we actually flew into Fort Collins for that game. Thank oh, God. Really? Yeah, that's that cuts down what probably forty hour hour, hour drive time probably. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but man, I mean it it sucks. But I I called it in the pregame show. I thought we'd beat Eastern, then we'd be very have a very emotional game, which we did against. Uh, uh, Eastern Washington, where we upset a number 11 team in the country. We did it at home after not beating them in two decades. And then you have to go to this really creepy place in Greeley, Colorado, and go play a team that everyone was consider a bottom feeder. So in your head, you're going, we just beat Eastern. Of course, we'll beat Northern Colorado. It was a trap game. It, it was a bloody trap game, and we got trapped. That's I mean, between coaching, player execution, the guys just looked to be asleep. I mean, that first touchdown of theirs was just like, whoa. <laughs> How does a fullback or a tight end, I don't remember what it was, but I think it was a tight end pulling you know, a, a delayed block and then a, like a wheel route, get literally nobody within 15 yards of him in our secondary. Um, it just, ah, oh, man, rough. But Brian, uh, Alex, what do you guys? You know, I flat out, Northern Colorado wanted it more. You could see it. You know, I, I was watching the game on my phone with no sound in Husky Stadium while I was working the UW game, and you could just see they cut the scenes of the Colorado, Northern Colorado sideline, and they just flat out wanted it more. Um, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot 13 times over with 13 penalties. You know, granted, two of those, people might really point out to two of those penalties as really being costly, but even you take those two penalties away from Coach Petrino at the end of the game, 
we still have 11 penalties for over 100 yards. You can't do yeah. that. I don't care how bad the other team is. You you literally cannot have that many penalties. You cannot turn the ball over three times. You cannot have that crappy of special teams play and expect to win a game. It was sloppy from start to finish. I hate to say it, Northern Colorado wanted it more, and we, you know, we looked the better team most of the time, but they just had more heart, and that's and we made mistakes and just kept shooting ourselves in the foot over and over and over again. Brian? Yeah, I hardly even know where to start. You know, um, Idaho just does not have a good enough offense to take any team lightly. You know, when we scored, we scored 24 points against Northern Colorado in a game that we did control, as in we, we led for most of that game. Uh, but we scored 24 points. If you score 24 points, uh, broadly speaking, just about any team is still in the game, even if it feels like you're dominating. Um, Mason Petrino followed up his best career game, which, by the way, last week, I think a lot of people, and maybe us too, got a little bit uh, too excited. You know, we uh, during Mason Petrino's best game of his career against Eastern, we won by eight total points. We then... Followed that up with one of his worst career games, which I know he had three interceptions. I'm going to say four turnovers because like, I know Alex um, said that there were not only two penalties, and Alex is 100% correct. We had too many penalties. Mason and Paul's penalties on our last drive were completely indefensible, going from fourth and two to fourth and 32 by throwing consecutive fits like that. I have never seen anything close to that at that junction of a game. Uh, to me, that's a fourth turnover. You know, came the week after uh, Paul made a big deal about how apparently he thinks the media has been critical of Idaho, which is astounding to me uh, because I, I have absolute wh whoever's being critical of, of Paul, I, I would love to see who this person is uh, because Colton Clark wrote an article this week talking about how Idaho followed up a great win with a devastating loss. That was one of the first critical pieces I've seen that actually called out or alluded to um, Paul starting Mason is questionable. I'm not trying to go back over that. Uh, but Idaho followed up a huge win where I think a lot of fans rounded the team up too far with a pretty bad loss. Now, I don't think we should round the team down too far as well because Northern Colorado won by three. They needed uh, 13 penalties from us to win by three. They needed Mason Petrino's worst game of his career to win by three. Um, so I'm not bringing us down. Um, you know, I don't think Idaho is one of the worst team in the big sky or anything. I think if we play this team seven times, we win it five or six. Uh, but there is a lot that went wrong in this game. Um, and it, it just showed that if that this team, kind of like we said at the end of the podcast last week, this team is middle of the big sky. Um, certainly not. This is not a playoff team. Um, there's there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, this to me, it was this was really a gut punch. Uh, this was one of to me, one of my worst Idaho losses in terms of morale. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, Alex talked about Idaho maybe just didn't want it enough. I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I don't like to talk about games like that, but I think Alex is probably right. Um, we have talent and we just didn't capitalize on it. I think we just, I think it's obvious. We just, we phoned it in. I mean, like, uh, we just, we were so, I mean, we saw how we beat Eastern. Uh, it was another team just coming in and being like, you know what? I don't care what it says on paper. Um. I mean, I remember we all talked about when Aaron predicted the, that the Bears would win. We were all kind of like, okay, da, 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 da. and it's like we all kind of got on this high horse of, well, we're we're this net world beater now. We beat Eastern. We played close against Wyoming, who's kind of started to come a bit off the wagon. 
um, in their schedule. But uh, I think it just goes to show not to overreact. And I know Brian and I have had to do a lot of defensing on this uh, with the Big Sky podcast power rankings. Uh, both of us still had Idaho around, I believe, eight last week. Uh, they jumped all the way up to five in the power rankings, but that's because I, I know my my little complaint with them is I feel like people like to overreact to games, and I've noticed that so far into it. I, I first thing I said was Idaho was not the fifth best power ranked team last week because how I do them is can you beat every single team below you, uh, and can you beat or would you lose to every team in front of you? And honestly, I'm not sure if we played Eastern seven times, we would win seven times. I think we executed perfectly when we did it. Uh, I still think Eastern probably, as far as the team I'd want to see, had we not played, if we had to play Eastern week two uh, and wipe the slate clean, I would much rather have seen an Eastern or, you know, a, uh, who was someone behind him, a Northern Arizona or somebody that was ranked ahead of Eastern last week than Eastern and uh, Sac State, for instance. But uh, I, I think... We were a little too high last week coming off one win. I do think we were still set up to really prove who we were with a win last week. And then, you know, hopefully we'll talk about it here in a little bit, a win against Weber State, who's uh, right up there with the best of them at this point, um, coming off a top 10 win against UNI. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough. But with that, you got to look at the glass half full, and also we'll touch on this a little bit more. It was a tough place to play, and I call it from the beginning, and the deal is, we have Weber this week at home. So, you know, we've played ex- the opposite side of the coin on terms of road games that we haven't won any. We've only lost one home game since moving to the FCS. So, you know, it was Montana who played us really tough last year, but Weber's a good clone of us. And I don't want to preview Weber too much because we still have a little bit of Northern Colorado um, to talk about, but uh, or maybe we don't actually. We kind of covered penalties and game plan. Uh, in our general discussion bit, but um, I don't know. I, I don't write the season off. I guess is what I'm saying. As a lot of people overreacted last week to it. Well, God, it's been an overreaction all year. Let's be honest. After Penn State, people overreacted, saying we were the worst team in college football history, and we should just get rid of football and start basketball. Uh, and then you know, then we have a good game against Wyoming, and people are kind of getting behind it. I won't say they overreacted, but they're kind of getting behind it. Then we beat Eastern, and all of a sudden it's. Why aren't we in the top 25? What, half, over almost 38% of our vote last week said that Idaho was ranked too low and they should have been in the top 25. Uh, so people were thinking we were a top 25 team. And, you know, we very may still be, but you, top 25 teams don't lose to Northern Colorado. That being said, Northern Colorado does have a tendency of every year sneaking up on somebody. Uh, and, you know, we happen to be that team this year, which is – Kind of harder why I saw that in the preview show, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to start previewing Weber if I talk any longer. Does anybody else have any closing points or gripes or uh, anything? Um, I think after this game, as a Vandal fan, is kind of what I looked at was let's look at these teams that Northern Colorado played. And, you know. Well, they played Wazoo pretty tough for yeah, a half. But, you know, we have to play Sacramento State this year, and they got whomped 50 to nothing against Sacramento State. So do we look at that in the future saying, well, you know, if so facto does this team, this, you know, Sacramento State team end up whomping us too? Um, but it's it's hard to tell, I think. Um, it, I think for this Vandal team, it depends on who shows up every week and, and how we play. And just kind of looking back, I mean, I don't mean to kind of go off my last point, but 
if we scored 24 points in the first half and didn't score against Eastern, we would have lost. You know, it's just kind of that thing where we're missing something either in that second half or full game that we're not quite getting to pull out the win there. And I would say to that, anybody that has questions or concerns or thinks there's a point to what TJ is bringing up, uh, Brian already touched on it. Colton Clark wrote an article in his, I believe it was his Monday morning quarterback. Maybe it was his article today. Uh, but he touches on how since 2015, um, you know, we had a what 24 point win or lead against New Mexico State going into halftime. Blew that one in overtime. We led App State 21-0. Blew that one. So like, he talks about that maybe Coach Petrino might have an issue of coaching. I don't want to say scared or to win or not to lose or whatever. Or prevent, but in, knows, when yeah. he, I feel like when we have a lead, it's almost like. <laughs> it's like it's like being the Cougs. Mm-hmm. Can we Coug this? And you know, unfortunately, under Petrino's reign so far, I'm sure it's happened with multiple. I'm I haven't looked at AG's numbers or Erickson's even, but I mean, I know it's not just a Petrino thing. But somebody wrote about it this week, and the the numbers are out there, and it is something to bring up that uh, you know, second <laughs> we don't play very well with the lead. Uh, Colorado State, another example. Eastern yeah. even last Wyoming. week, they almost came back. Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming. Um, and most people don't say, you know, we're a first half team. That's not yeah. the best thing you can you can write yeah, on throughout the season. Uh, as, as, a, as a great one, Pete Carroll says, "Can you win a game in the first quarter? No. no. Second quarter? No. no. Third quarter? No. Oh, no. Can you win a drive in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Brian, Alex. You guys got any closing remarks on Northern Colorado? <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, kind of some more thoughts on, on Petrino and kind of what goes on. Um, you know, talking to some guys after the game, guys felt embarrassed. Guys felt sick to their stomach. We're not the only ones as fans who feel like that, that that's how some guys on the team felt. Um, you know, they were, they're going, how do we lose this? Like what, like just feeling so upset. And kind of one thing, one of coach Petrino things always, he always does he always talks about taking an arrow to the forehead. If it's your fault, take the arrow to the forehead. Don't point fingers at everyone else. He talks. He's talked about that to like, so so much of my time there. It's unbelievable how much he talks about that. And and after the game, I I heard that he he took the arrow in the forehead and said, guys, like I messed up. And so it's it's good to hear things like that where it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's your backup lineman who plays a couple plays it doesn't matter if it's your kicker your punter your starting quarterback if your head coach you a good team no matter what's going on a team that believes in each other and has each other's backs from top to bottom will take that arrow in the forehead and that's exactly what he did and i'm really happy to hear that um kind of also kind of looking at where this team is and talking about overreactions yeah i was probably one of the main ones to overreact last week but i think i saw what this team can be last week that's and this and this team this week showed me what we can be because we can still be we are still have a lot of potential a lot more than we had last year coach Petrino's teams has notoriously started very slow to a season um we have if you look back at the year 2016 i know i referenced it a lot this is a great reference three right we started that year two and three with two losses of 50 points to wazoo uw and then we lost at home to troy by about three scores and now we lost that Troy game a week after coming off a massive win in overtime against UNLV, UNLV, a team we were not supposed to beat, a team that was about two touchdowns favorites, very similar to an Eastern game. 
We wanted to only lose one game the rest of the year, and that was conference champion App State. So there's still some guys on this team from that team who kind of understand how how to handle this. And I would not be surprised in the least bit if this week in practice guys are pissed off. I know this I know this isn't gonna be easy week of practice. I know it's not. Um, you know, this team still has a lot of season left. We've played five games out of twelve. We still have more than half our season left. A lot of body of work left to show us to win seven to eight games and to put make build our resume. Um, this was a classic sandwich game. I was really disappointed with our with our defense. Not to not to you know point fingers. I didn't like what happened on defense, offense, and or special teams. Yeah. Um, we you can't allow Northern Colorado. I don't care what kind of positions you put your defense in. You can't allow Northern Colorado to score 24, 27 points. Mm-hmm. They had not scored more than nineteen the whole year. Yeah. And that you, you just can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Jake, um, Jacob Nip, fourteen for twenty three, two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns. Milo Hall. Uh, wow, he had a lot more carries. He had yeah. 39 carries, 135 yards, one touchdown, and then he contributed receiving for another 34 on two catches. So um, Exactly. You can't do that. You can you cannot do that. Um, and that's one thing this team is really going to have to be. It's going to have to be where a situation where, yeah, even if our offense turns the ball over two to three times and we still have 24, 27 points, we should still win a game. That's how this team is going to win games. It's not going to win in shootouts. The type, I've said this before. The type of games Coach Petrino wants to get in is not where it's a shootout. This is not 2015 when we had z- no defense and Matt Linehan just chucking the ball 50 times a game. Dead when we scored 50 points. <laughs> yeah. So this is this type of game he wants to get in these situations. So that's a game we have to win. Um, it's frustrating, but I think it can actually be a positive. Um it's something these guys can learn off of and get that taste in their mouth of something they never want to have again the rest of this year. Trust me, that's that's something you you reference games the whole year like I like that game springboarded us or that game taught us a lesson in a way we don't want to be there ever again. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Brian, any closing remarks? Yeah, so <clears throat> yeah, first want to say uh, Nick Romano had an incredible he game. Did. 15 carries, 132 yards, one TV. touchdown. Uh, Jeff Cotton was solid, uh, six receptions for 90 yards. Cottrell Haywood, uh, he picked up, I believe, his first two touchdowns of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were bright spots. You know, the my takeaway from this is, look, Idaho is, you know, our own version of a Jekyll Hyde team. And just so people know, when you're calling a team a Jekyll Hyde team, that's a Hyde team. Um, Hyde is undefeated in the Jekyll Hyde dynamic. Um, <laughs> Idaho has the ability to lose to anyone. Uh, this is the downside. Uh, this is the downside. By the way, this is why Weber State is actually a better matchup of the elite Big Sky teams for us yep. than, let's say, Montana. Yes. When you cannot put up points, any team is in the game. So when you're Idaho, and then if you look at our second half drives, we we scored a touchdown our first drive, then we missed a field goal, interception, punt, interception, that punt. Field. Sorry, you said that again. That. Sorry, not sorry to interrupt you, Brian, but that field goal, what I heard from guys, a lot of guys, is that they swore that field goal went through. Like, it was, if you watch the replay and you see Cade kind of upset, looking at the officials, everyone on that team on that field tried to thought that field goal was good. And so, not to badmouth refs, but that's just something that just frustrates me as a special teams guy. Flashbacks, but sorry. Montana State. <laughs> so, yeah. so, even if, so, Alex, even if we grant that, 
That's a tie game at best. It's a tie game, yep. And no Idaho's, momentum. Idaho's last four possessions, interception, punt, interception, punt, our last three possessions combined for less than four minutes of clock time. And also, again, we had, to me, the absolute indefensible, all-time dumbest thing I've ever seen any coach in any sport do um, in compounding in the compounding personal fouls when it was fourth and two on our final drive and pushed us to fourth and 32. But Idaho cannot make mistakes like that and have the ball for only four minutes, you know, of the fourth quarter. And our our defense, which did look good in moments, I mean, Milo Hall ran for 139 yards or so, but he needed a ton of carries. We we actually contained him pretty well in the first half, but our defense wore down. Um, and also, I think Jacob Nip helped show that I believe the jury's in in that our secondary, which is still better than it was last year. Um, I believe that's still kind of the weak link of our defense and a place that we can be exposed. Uh, but but this team, we we can lose to anybody. Um, it's important for us to control the ball, and we and Mason absolutely can't have turnovers like he did. I'm not trying to say the loss is only on him because obviously it's not. But when you have a, a game manager kind of player like we do, the feature of that is supposed to be that the guy doesn't make mistakes. Suddenly when that guy makes mistakes, it's a much bigger deal when he throws a couple picks than let's say a Dalton Sneed on Montana because Dalton Sneed's going to make can make up some of those yards with a few big plays. Mason can't do that. So our team just cannot afford to have offensive miscues like that when we don't score in the first place. Yeah. Um, but you, you touched on it. So let's, let's get to it here that, uh, Weber State is a better matchup for us. Uh, so we've got it. Versus, according to the Tubbs of the Club official ranking system, uh, which is a computer ranking versus sports simulator app computer rankings, uh, number 38 Idaho Vandals at home against the number 13 Weber State uh, Wildcats. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're actually rated a lot higher. They're top, what, are they number three right now or number four in the stats FCS? Anyone have that? I thought there were four. Four? Yeah, behind South Dakota State, JMU, and North Dakota State. Uh, so, in theory, they're going to be a semifinal team. So, um, Weber State, uh, mascot is the Wildcats. Their coach is Jay Hill. He's in his fifth season. Uh, he's 35 and 26. Fun fact, because we like to give you guys fun facts. Uh, they have very quietly, like mouse whispery, won back-to-back Big Sky Championships. Uh, and are also currently rain, the reigning champs. So there's a good shot they three-peat this year, the way they're going uh, and kind of how their schedule lays out. Um, game time is 2 p.m. I believe that's Pacific. I don't think I would have put it for Mountain Time. Uh, you can catch it on WatchBigSky.com and Pluto TV. Uh, and to help kind of introduce you guys to the Weber State Wildcats, I have a little quick 10-minute interview with Brett. Hein, he's the uh, editor for the Standard Examiner, which is uh, the newspaper down there. And he also runs Weber HQ. So we'll all be right back after the interview with Brett and talk a little bit Weber State. All right, Vandal fans, I've got Brett Hein here with me to help us learn a little bit more about Weber State before this week's matchup uh, in the Kibbe Dome. Brett is the, uh, I guess, the founder and uh, ultimate content creator for Weber HQ, which is where you can find just about anything you need to find uh, for Weber State headed into this game. Brett, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're more excited to play you guys a couple weeks ago. Now it's looking a little bit scarier, but uh, 
I guess that's from my point of view, following a lot of the big sky. I was wondering if you could give some of our listeners kind of a, a quick synopsis of how Weber State's uh, season's been going so far. Uh, it's it's kind of an interesting schedule so far, season so far. Um, Weber State has looked pretty good for the most part. I mean, last year, uh, you know, they were the number two seed in the playoffs, which is which was awesome. But the, the wonder was, you know, can their can their offense do enough to to get them, you know, where they want to go and uh, the answer was not quite. Um, the defense was quite good, and the defense is really good again this year. Um, uh, so far, in games against FCS teams, against Cal Poly and Northern Iowa, uh, the the offense has been, you know, just fine. It's been plenty good enough to win those games by double digits, uh, kind of going away. Uh, and then they have two losses to Mountain West teams. Uh, Six nothing at San Diego State and nineteen to thirteen at, at Nevada, and so those are really good showings against teams that you're not supposed to beat. Um, but at the same time, you know there's there's just a little bit more offense or, or scoring than you know we're talking about some pretty big upsets. So that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, defense and special teams is pretty locked in uh, as usual under Jay Hill, and and uh, they're you know just trying to refine some things the offense has been pretty young uh, the last two seasons but uh, they, they kind of put their best foot forward you could say so far uh, you know ranked number four two and0 against FCS opponents and and now it's time for conference play yeah and uh, obviously back-to-back conference champions looking to make it a three-peat here um, so you've had some player cycle through the program. But who are the players that a lot of Vandal fans are going to notice while watching the team this weekend in the KB Dome? Who are really going to stand out and they'll be taken away after this game going, you know, that guy from Weber State is a stud? Uh, well, it, if we'll start with the offense. And uh, if they can get the run game going, then, um, you know, that's the, the people to see there are Josh Davis and Kevin Smith at running back. Uh, you know, Davis was the national freshman of the year last year and and smith played he was kind of the number two back two years ago and then and didn't play last year but uh, with a, a knee injury so both those guys if if they can get it going uh, are are kind of a tough one-two punch they just they kind of just rotate them in and out they get about the same number of touches and they just if if they can get that that going they keep coming at you um defensively um they, again, they've got a lot of good players defensively, but uh, you know where they where they make their uh, where they make the most uh, disruption, I guess, where it all starts is the defensive line. Uh, they play eight or nine guys on a regular basis, and there's not really much of a drop off between most of them. Uh, but the guys who make the most plays are, are on the ends, the starting ends, uh, Jonah Williams and Adam Rodriguez. Uh, those guys just um, they they get around. They can either push through or get around uh, in in the pass rush uh, fairly consistently. Uh, both San Diego State and Nevada even had a hard time, yeah, uh, uh, in some instances, uh, keeping their quarterback clean or or having to get the ball out early, things like that. So those are probably the main players, and and they've got some guys too in the, in the linebacker and, and secondary core. Uh, uh, Mark Collins uh, missed the first game. The, his had a, a banged up leg, but uh, against Northern Iowa, he had three pass breakups. Uh, 
uh, three near interceptions that you know making diving stops and things like that he's he's a, a defensive back with some high upside and just all around a lot of experience and and just well coached uh, good scheme and uh that's kind of what the, makes the defense tick yeah uh speaking of well coached uh if if you were you know Jay Jay Hill came to you for a game plan to beat Idaho this week. You know, obviously Weber State, one of the top teams in the country right now. Um, it, but you can't sleep on anybody in the Big Sky. Yeah, there's definitely a tough one for Idaho. But if if Coach Hill was coming to you and was Brett, what's this game plan that you think we need against Idaho? How would you describe it to him? Oh man, uh, <laughs> actually, while I think about that. Let me go back to one more player. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about punters, man. Let's talk about kickers. We got a couple um, good ones in this one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so obviously Idaho's punters is uh, good and known, you know, kind of a known, known commodity that way. Uh, Weber brings in Doug Lloyd, and it's funny to think, you know, you asked who who will fans notice, but if he has a game like he did last week, then then you'll definitely notice him. Um, He's a former Australian rules uh, football player. Um, this is his third year in the program. And last week he he downed uh, they downed three kicks at the two yard line all in the second half. Um, and one of them there was kind of a blown coverage. He had the Juca guy in the backfield, and then he still got the kickoff, and it went seventy two yards. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if something like that happens, then yeah. Fans will notice that too, and yeah. that's actually a big part of what Weber State does. Uh, coming back to your last question about the game plan, is um, you know they they don't treat special teams um, lightly. Uh, in fact, I I talked to some coaches today about that, and uh, they they require uh, people to play special teams before they can do anything else. Like when they come into the program, like you have to play special teams and you have to do it well. Um, and so that's they they've it, it's hard to point to one specific game where that's definitely won them the game but it's a part of all of their all of their most important wins uh just the field position game uh you know a field goal here or there that that maybe uh you know buys you a couple of extra points that 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 otherwise you wouldn't get so um that's actually a big part of their game plan and and it would be there you know in a dome perhaps that that plays a role um if, if kickers you know maybe kickers feel a little bit better about the you know the lack of weather <laughs> um so that's where i would start with the game plan is, is they always try to win the field position game with with their defense and their, their kicking game and uh and everything kind of flows from that um otherwise um i know it's always always one of their goals to to outrush the other team that's a pretty basic football uh, you know, footballism, I guess. Um, and then uh, they, they also, they this is a, an interesting thing that, that there's an actual number to it, but uh, Weber State has a goal, uh, their defense has a goal to, uh, at bare minimum, get at least six sacks or turnovers combined. Um, they feel like that when they do that, they're they're uh, nearly unbeatable. So, um that's that's something they're going to focus on again they, they thrive on takeaways and uh you know even even last season when the offense was not only struggling but even sometimes you know gifting points to the other team 
you know, with, with scoop and score, like strip sacks and things like that, um, the defense would still stand on its head and, and, and find ways to win Weber State the game. So those are kind of some of the factors that usually play into to almost every Weber State win in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's kind of how we, we've described this a couple of times this year. Um, for Vandal fans, you're almost going to be looking at a clone of us, but better. We do a you know, really, really strong defense, especially on the defensive line and linebackers. Uh, and then, you know, we've got a couple bruisers at running back, and uh, that's kind of our game plan. Uh, it feels like uh, we'll be coming up against a team that hopefully we can take some tips away. But, you know, games aren't played on paper, like we always say. But, um, Brett, thank you for coming on. Uh, I, hopefully, you know, if, I don't know if you're making the game up to cover it, but if so, make sure you stop by the corner club, get yourself a tub. But uh, let the people know how they can find you if they want to learn more about Weber State and just follow you throughout, you know, the Big Sky season. For sure, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be up there. That's that's a place I've always wanted to go. Uh, my dad used to run track at Weber State, and he ran track ran a track meets up there back in the day, and and uh, just one of those classic, you know, Big Sky venues. Um, but yeah, um, I appreciate having me on. Um, people can find me like. You talked about it at the top. Uh, Weaver HQ on Twitter is probably the best place to find updates uh, just for fans interested in, in the latest and uh, or at, at, you know, the standard examiner's website is standard.net. So any any stories I post will, will go there as well. Well, thanks again, Brett, for having you on. I uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend watching Weber State down there in Utah. Yeah, no, I definitely. I appreciate it. All right. Bye, Brett. Bye. Weber State is a challenge on its own. But you know what, Vandal fans? All we got to do is win out. We're 7-1 in the Big Sky. We just handed the also possible co-Big Sky champion a loss. Montana and Eastern have to play each other. Montana State and Montana have to play each other. Uh, there is a good shot we can still be co-champs. We got to take care of business. There's a good shot we could be in a playoff team. It starts with Weber State. If you can beat Eastern and Weber uh, and then Montana at the end of the year, that's a resume. Uh, you got to win everything else, but uh, I think we're, we're still very much alive as a playoff team, something that we weren't quite at this point last year. Man, what, an Easter win does a lot for a program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, we're not playing Eastern anymore. We're playing Weber, and we've hinted at it all podcast. This is a pretty good matchup for us. Uh, anybody really want to start with the rain and get all the juicy points out of the way and everybody else can pick on the scraps of what's left behind? Maybe uh, Brian? Yeah, so the first thing, every the first, second, third thing about Weber State is they have a freakishly good defense. You know, right now, Weber State has, they're four games in. They have allowed five total touchdowns, and they played two FBS games. Just about no one scores against Weber State. Um, their most electric offensive player, they've kind of got two to look look at. Josh Davis running back, he was last year's FCS freshman of the year. And then they have wide receiver, kick returner, Rashid Shahid. He's more more of a threat as a kick returner because um, Weber State just does not generate offense. They have um, actually, other than Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado is the worst offense in the big sky right now. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Weber State's the second worst offense. Um, they, they're averaging 20.8 points a game right now, which, again, that does match up with teams Idaho has historically done well in the big sky against. For example, we, we hung tough. With Montana State last year on the road, Montana State made the playoffs, won a game. 
we were probably the team that knocked North Dakota out of the playoffs last year. North Dakota, um, you know, they were top 25 when they came into Moscow and we beat them. They're another ball control kind of team. That's the Weber State game um, is to absolutely harass you on defense, force you into turnovers. And then if they get a lead, they will run first, second, and third. And if there's absolutely no no other choice, ah, they might throw a pass once in a while. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to look at Montana State as a blueprint of how this game is going to go, minus the snow, because thank God for the Cuba Dome. Uh, it's going to be defense, and they don't have a Troy Anderson back there. Uh, the, their quarterback is uh, Jake Constantine has – has, has struggled. Um, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would not actually be surprised if Mason Petrino had far superior statistics pass yards-wise, completion percentage-wise, touchdowns interception-wise. Um, so, you know, we're both coming in with very run-first power defense teams. Luckily for us, we have three really awesome backs, uh, and that, that should help us a ton. Um, but, yeah, this look for this to be... I don't want to say it'll be low scoring because I think anytime you think a game's low scoring, it, it's the game that scores a ton. Uh, but, I mean, you're going to see it, it should be a quick game. There's going to be a lot of running the ball. Uh, it's not going to be a four or five hour game. It, this one could be go over in two, two and a half hours um, because it's going to be a lot of the clock's going to keep moving. And luckily, we've got Roshan Johnson, Andre Carter, and Nick Romano to pound the rock. Mason can contribute in the running game a lot more than I think Constantine can. Uh, but, you know, they have really good running backs on their own. Uh, they have the returning Big Sky freshman player of the year last year and Josh Davis, so uh, they're no slouches there either. They also have another great back who's facing my uh, memory right now. Um, and their defense, honestly, if there was a defense that was better than Idaho's, it might be Weber's. They're, they're loaded on the ends, and they've, they're stacked at linebacker. But... Um, a little thing, a little, a little nugget of information Brett left me before, after we quit recording and just kind of talked for a little bit. Uh, did you know, what the, anyone have a quick guess on what the last matchup between Idaho and Weber State in the Kibbe Dome, what the score was? Five to two. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> 70 to 35 Idaho win. Ooh. He was like, I think that might be your guys' home scoring record. And I was like, the highest I can remember, I think is 49 against North Dakota a couple years ago. So, or a couple years ago, God, 2012, whatever that was. But that's uh that might be, I remember middle Tennessee state back in early 2000 with Brian Lindgren at quarterback getting up to like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. But 70. Good shout out. Yeah. I was there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Funny how two very apparently offensive teams have now turned to where this could easily be 5-2. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought that was a fun nugget. And uh, like we said, I, I expect this to be a lot like Montana State. It's going to be uh, without the Troy Anderson parts of the Montana State game. Expect that to be what this looks like. I think for some reason this team is – Weber State is deceiving. And before everyone, you know, freaks out because I'm saying that, they're deceiving in a good and interesting way. Um, their record so far shows that they're very highly ranked. They won the Big Sky the last two years. Um, they've played some great teams and beaten them, but that bye week that they had really early on kind of put a kink in who we think they are. Um, 
as far as somebody, I mean, who votes for it, I, I just, for some reason, I still can't get a grasp on who they are. And they may, they very well may show it this week and probably could very well round the score. Um, but I, I think this game will get a little bit closer than we think. Um, as we've talked about week in and week out, and then going back to Brian's point, is this offense is designed to eat clock uh, on both ends for, you know, Weber State and Idaho. Um, so I think it's, it, it will come down to this, you know, running offensive attack for both sides. But it's get, like Chris, get, Chris said, it's going to be a, a quick game. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than we think. Um, if we keep continuing these three great running backs, somebody shows up every week, whether it's Nick, whether it's Andre. Um, it, somebody's going to show up and be ready to run the ball. And if we continue to pound it down every single you know, drive, we have a good chance to uh, kind of get close with them and, and, and scare them a little bit. I just think, you know, they everyone's kind of waiting for this team to show who they are for Weber State. Um, we'll find out, I guess, this week against Idaho. And I guess to correct my point earlier, I just learned that Constantine's not playing quarterback anymore. I'm not sure why. I probably should ask Brett. My apologies for that, everybody. But uh, Weber's offense might have woke up a bit. Uh, obviously, they're coming off a top 10 win last week. Um, against Northern Iowa, their quarterback went 219 yards, 19 for 29, and two touchdowns. So they also, you know, they threw the rock a lot more than you would expect them to um, in comparison to where they had been. And, uh, I mean, that's only four less than Mason threw last week. So uh, hopefully it's more of a fluke and Northern Iowa wasn't expecting it. Uh, we're able to shut it down. Otherwise, I mean, if this offense gets rolling, I mean, honestly, this could be a national championship appearing team. I don't know if they could beat the Bison or get past maybe even JMU to get in it. But as of now, Weber State's incredibly scary, and that shouldn't be underestimated, which also goes to show if we can pull off this win at home right. and keep our home wins going, right. yeah. we're in a really good spot. And there's reason to once again reignite into the season because we don't have any trap games left on our season. I don't think so, at least. I thought Northern Colorado was the one. Between Eastern with Weber up next at home, you got to go to that weird place. We don't have any of those anymore, other than maybe Flagstaff at the end of the year. But at that point, we're totally in it for the playoffs. So you're not going to get tripped up or overlook it because you need it to get in the playoffs. So I don't know. That's where I'm at on this. Is It's just win, baby, win. It's still possible with a loss here. But, man, you're starting to wave playoffs bye-bye if you can't beat Weber at home. Uh. Yeah, you know, this game is going to be interesting. Um, for those of you who uh, like to dabble in a little uh, sports gambling, uh, I would take the under, set at 47 right now on five dimes. Uh, this game is going to be a snail's pace, a snail's race. It's not going to be much to to see on the offense. No record books are going to be say, broken here. Um, you know, Idaho has to play their game. Is, we have to play like it's Eastern. You have to know you're not favored. You have to know that everyone has been basically saying, oh, yep, Idaho's a fluke. Um, they shouldn't beat Eastern, or Eastern's not that good. This Idaho team is not to trouble anyone. Um, Weber, you know, there are two F FBS, FCS games they've played. They played San Diego State, where they lost 6 to nothing, And then they played Nevada, who I think they lost to, like, the 19 to 14, I want to say, something, something like that. It was, it was not that much. Um, we need to play our game, manage, and special teams has to be better. I cannot stress that enough. This is a game where we cannot get killed on special teams. We are on our third special teams coordinator 
in as many years. And we haven't been good enough. It's plain and simple. Um, you know, we can't have a punt average of 32 yards net. That's, that's terrible. You need to have your punt net up to the high 30s, low 40s. That's what you want to shoot for. You want to shoot for a 40 net. That means that the field position that we are giving teams every time we punt the ball, which is going to be an okay amount against Weber State, we cannot give them that much field position. That's not good. Defense needs to step up. Um, I don't know. Ellis has been absent for a couple weeks. I really hope he's back. If not, guys need to step up and play physical again and understand that this Weber State team is going to want to take it to them. It's going to be Wyoming all over again. It's going to be North Dakota from last year all over again. Um, that's how we're built to play. And I think it's just going to kind of depend on uh, what team, what Idaho team shows up. If we show up feeling disrespected and feeling like we're an underdog, then, yeah, I think we can actually, you know, prove some people wrong, you know, at least keep this game close. That's all you want to do get in the fourth quarter, keep the game close, and put yourself in a position to win when you're not favored. Yeah, I – 100% behind that. Anybody closing points on Weber State before we get into our score predictions? Yeah, sure. So, for, uh, first thing, Caden Jenks has been starting for Weber State. He's not he's not considered their starter. Uh, it's Jake Constantine had a not-that-big-a-deal knee procedure, and the moment he's cleared to play, he's going to be their starter. It was alleged that he should have come back last week. But their coach has said on record that if he wasn't back against Northern Iowa, he should be back for Idaho. Um, second, um, it's got to be stressed how good their defense is. Like, I, it's not Weber State's defense isn't comparable to Idaho. Uh, Weber State was able to, you know, keep two FBS teams to a combined 25 points. And they would have won both those games had they not had kick returns for touchdowns called back on holding. Uh, definitely the San Diego kick return is one that a lot of Weber State fans and a lot of the Big Sky media has said that on the replay of the alleged holding, no one knows where the holding actually took place. Uh, but the point of that being, Weber State probably has the best kick returner in the league. And like Alex said, special teams is, is going to be important for us to stay close in this game. Not only, you know, improving on things like punting, but also just not kicking to Rashid Shahid or giving up huge returns uh, because, you know, Weber State, if they get a lead, they're fine sitting on it, you know, against Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa's a top 10 FCS team. Weber State scored on their first five drives and then missed a field goal on their sixth drive. So that, that took them into the second quarter. Weber State did not have a single drive after, from drive number seven to the end of the game, Weber State did not have a single drive longer than nine yards. And they were absolutely fine because of because of how confident they are in their defense. You know, it's nationally elite. They went to the national semifinals last year and lost to Maine. Um, I think it's important for Idaho to stay close in this game. One, obviously, we want to win. But second, this fan base can only take so much disappointment. And the week after losing to the worst, the unequivocally worst team in the big sky, we need to not get blown out by Weber State. I don't care if they're top four. We have to give the fan base something to be enthusiastic about. Even if it's not a win, it's got to be a competitive game. Uh, 100% agree. Uh, and I don't know if this consider, is considered a competitive game, but the Versus Sports Simulator app has it as a 30-17 to 17 Idaho loss. I would take – no, you know what? I'm not going to take 13 points because – uh, we'll get into this in a second. Score predictions. I'll lead it off. So far, I'm the only one from the pre, 
season show that's still batting a thousand on predictions. I predicted the loss of Penn State. I predicted the win against Central. I predicted the loss against Wyoming, and I predicted the or sorry, the uh, loss against Wyoming, the win against Eastern, and the loss against Northern Colorado. You said they were going to lose to Eastern. No, I picked them to win against Eastern. Preseason. Okay. Uh, We're talking the preseason poll. So far, I'm batting a thousand from my preseason picks. I also had us beating Weber. So, I got to stay true to that. Even though I predicted losses and we win, it really leaves me in a bind here. But, you know what? I'm going with my preseason picks. They haven't led me wrong so far. I'm going to go 21-19. Idaho win. Alex? I'm going to go 20-10. Weber State win. TJ? 31-30. Idaho Vandals win. Wow, shootout. Brian. 24-13, Weber State. All right, only one, huh? All right. I'm kind of glad how that played out. I'm keeping the the thousand. Um, Anyways, uh, do you wish Idaho had a better national image? Do you want Idaho to find the next great coach and maintain all the great ones we already have? What about winning more Big Sky National Championships? Well, these are all things your local Vandal Scholarship Fund is a part of. All of that and so much more while fulfilling their most important mission, making sure all of our student-athletes are awarded with scholarships. There is no better time than now to give the VSF. ICCU Arena has broken ground. Our student-athletes have reached historic marks on the courts, the fields, the pools, and most, important, most importantly, the classroom. Show our new leadership how proud you are to be a Vandal and how excited you are to help. Donate to your local VSF today and find out how to help Idaho reclaim their lost decade. Corner stool takes. I gotta say, Root Sports, their broadcast quality was great. I watched part of the Montana UC Davis game, and uh, broadcast quality was great. Um, it was nice having what looked like HD cameras and all that. But Root Sports is so damn hard to access. My corner stool take. I would. I might not sell my soul for the big sky to join with ESPN plus, but I think about it. <laughs> uh, TJ. Right, and rolling off that too. I, you know, it, it may have been spotty. I kind of liked the 11. The that 11 was what I was going to say. I was like, I had to watch so quick story before mm-hmm. I had a I had a volunteer on Saturday. Uh, it was actually volunteering, not mandatory. Oh, humble uh, brag. I've had that joke before. Um, but I so I'm sitting there helping these kids make these solar powered lanterns, and I have my phone with a power back, uh, like leaned up against my coffee mug. Eleven Sports came in beautifully. I had zero connection issues, even though it was on Pluto, which like doesn't even happen when it's in the Kibbe Dome. And this was in Northern Colorado. It looked great. I mean, I couldn't hear any of the commentary, but I 100% agree with you. I'm in the middle of a park mm-hmm. at a festival with all these people around, so I shouldn't have been getting the connectivity I did. Looked, looked great. Nice and job. If what's the Spokane one? SWX. Like, yeah, SWX. And it's also I would, you know, if that could be accessed around here, I would. Nah, they. I actually think Eleven did better than SWX. Uh, but Wait, hold uh, on. we got to address with Eleven Sports <laughs> the way that that stream added suspense to the game by cutting out all <laughs> the time to go to like the lacrosse final, and then the military esports TV show, and then. Where there's another sport it cut to, I'm pretty sure there's like four separate shows. Shows it would cut to for like two seconds, and then it'd cut right back into play, which was the level of suspense, which which was definitely fun. 
and I hate to say this, I could have done without. See, that is uh, the benefit of being somebody that doesn't actually get to watch every play like me. I didn't notice any of those. I had no idea that happened. Is that real life? Is yeah. That... Yeah, it is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I missed all those. I, every time I looked, I mean, there was a lot of weird, like, oh, you've got arthritis in your shoulder kind of commercials. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I never noticed the eSports military. or I would have been down for the lacrosse final, though. But So, yeah, I did not see that. So apologies to that. But uh, otherwise, it was very crystal clear. Uh, fall off the corner stool takes. Um, just to go off my score, uh, two Jeff Cotton touchdowns, a Cottrell Haywood, um, Andre Carter rushing touchdown and a field goal. Um, but non-game, Cornerstone take, uh, this seems like one of the longest seasons ever. Yeah. <laughs> and we're only five games. We're four in. games in, and I, I, think it, I think it really, you know, attributes to the FCS and the big sky, but, you know, playing kind of in those Sunbelt games or, you know, those old school whack games is... You know, you play a game and then you re- reevaluate your own team and, you know, how you're doing. But, you know, now we, you know, play a game, lose or win, and we're evaluating what everyone else is doing ranking-wise and how everyone else is looking. And I think that's a really, really awesome thing to be a part of as far as the FCS. But it's very stressful. <laughs> you know, it kind of takes us out of, it, out of us that, you know, we beat this Eastern team and it was such a great win and then, Man, it's it's been a tough week after this um, Northern Colorado loss, but it's it, it feels like a long season, and we're only four games in. Yeah, uh, my corner stool take is uh, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed we don't play in Greeley again until 2022. After hearing about October Fest, and then uh, knowing that it was actually a pretty cool place to go visit, and then I'm super excited to like. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I actually make this trip because I was planning on going. I didn't. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I make it next time, and then I go and look at our four years out, and we play them in 2022. So uh, by that time, I'll forget how awesome Greeley was. So my corner stool take is, I don't understand how we're in the same conference, and I have to wait four years to go play in Greeley again, which I'm sure the team's excited about right now. Hey, that could change. That's true. Those uh, those California schools know what's gonna happen there. Yeah, with the whack, Tarleton State. Uh, Brian, or sorry, Alex, you're up. Um, not really a take, but I'm just gonna shout a uh, shout out Gunnar Amos. Um, and retired uh the last this last week from football. Um, love the guy. Was a roommate when he first moved into Idaho. Played against him in high school. Um, what nothing but best uh, for Gunnar. Um, sad to see him retire from Idaho State. Uh. You know, kind of hear some differing reasons of why it happened. But, uh, yeah, I love the guy and just wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, you got to take snaps against the Huskies. Life's not all bad. That, yeah. That's a pretty cool know. thing to be able to tell your kids. He scored a touchdown against yeah. the Huskies. Yeah. So, so rare. Yeah. That was, it was a team for the playoff that year. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, that, that, you can tell the grandkids about that one. And there's <laughs> pictures. Um, all right. Now we're moving into hashtag AskTATC. So... For you guys that are all out there, thank you so much. You guys have been giving us so many more questions than last year that uh, last year it felt like it dragged on. Um, obviously, the main question person, we figured if we want to cut down podcast time, we would just add them to the podcast and Brian Marceau. And the rest of you have really stepped up and continued to ask great questions. So coming in this year, we decided we would just pick two and cover it. Well, podcasts are going a little long. You guys are asking a lot of questions. Two doesn't feel enough. Now we're going to have Alex on a lot more frequently. Um, 
we figured if everybody could pick their favorite hashtag ask TATC from everybody, so then I'm not just the only one choosing, and we'll all just cover one we like. That gives us a chance of you hearing four questions instead of two, and then less opinions from everybody on just everything. They'll only talk about the stuff they want to talk about. TJ, since I know you probably will be the one that's the hardest to please, uh, we're going to let you pick a hashtag SDHC of your choice. Oh, well, thank you for letting me know that I'm the toughest pick. Um, my SDHC is Idaho a lot like JSU this year. Thank you. Go Gamecocks. Um, still has a chance, but it'd be tough. Uh, it'd be tough road unless changes are made. This is comparing Idaho to Jacksonville State. Are From we- who? Yeah, no one's in the reads. Oh, before. from Cocky Nation. Oh my God, let's go! You didn't even know. Thank who it was you. From. That had to be personal to me. I appreciate that. So, from Cocky Nation, is Idaho like JSU this year? Absolutely not. No, we are yeah, um, not ranked. No. Um, as far as seasons go, yes, you can look at wins and losses, and tough losses and good wins, um, both versus Eastern. I guess we can compare that. But program wise. Um, I am jealous of what you guys have. And that is obviously something that we're trying to achieve um, in the big sky as far as the teams that we play and JSU as well. Um, but w- our road will be a lot tougher just because we keep you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. And we don't really have the talent as JSU or some of these bigger uh, big sky schools do. So it's, it's really tough to compare. Um, I appreciate the comparison from Cocky Nation. Um, being that, but uh, we do not have a chance as 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 much as JSU would if they won out this year. Would you rather? Quick question: Would you rather lose to Austin P or lose to Northern Colorado? Hmm. Austin P. At least All it's right. at least it's well, at a conference. Well then, JSU. Well no, sorry, for JSU. Yeah. So for <laughs> them it was in conference, but yeah, yeah, good point. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we have Brian. Okay, I'm going to do a combo question because two people asked close to the same question. Uh, Jason Montgomery asked, after Saturday's game, should Paul Petrino be worried about his job? And Cameron Kochems asked, would you rather have a mediocre 4-5 or five win season and keep Petrino for his contract or lose the rest of our games and see if we can get rid of them sooner rather than later? I'm just going to combine that question into um, should, like, should people be curious about the status of Paul Petrino's job? Um, one of the easiest things to do as a sports fan is to, is to just say fire the coach, uh, which I'm I don't want to just kind of do that and move on. I think if you're going to evaluate Petrino's record, you really should throw his first two years out when he inherited absolutely nothing from Rob Akey. If you throw his first two years out, um, here I'll make the case that Paul Petrino has right now. He he is the highest paid coach in the Big Sky base salary by around $200,000. Now, is it his fault he's paid high? No, he signed it as an FPS contract, and at the time that was fair market value, but we shifted down and those market figures have changed. So the case for Paul Petrino right now, he's paid base salary 200000 more than the next highest coach, which of course there's incentives that make it not exactly 200000 but he's paid a lot more than his peers in the conference. Um, Subtracting his first two years, he's won four wins, nine wins, four wins, four wins, and we look like we're on the road to four wins again. Um, Attendance has been cut in half at home games, which is, of course, not just a Paul Petrino thing. Um, But 
trying to make inroads with the community should be a Paul Petrino thing in addition to winning games, and he certainly isn't doing either of those. Um, so to me, you know, if he has another four-win season, what we're looking at is a coach who has a bunch of four-win seasons with an anomaly nine-win year. I don't know how you, uh, administration wouldn't be looking at, hey, maybe we could, you know, save 200000 and get at worst the same results. Um, so I think it's fair to say at this point, you know, if we don't see a turnaround, um, he could be a coach on the hot seat. I know at this point I'm out on him, but I would love him to prove me wrong. I would love him to to show me that it it just is a slow build and that we're going to turn the season around. But at this point, I'm certainly not holding my breath expecting, you know, this team to turn around and be closer to 2016. Uh, I, I think we're on the road to about four wins. And I think yeah, I wouldn't be floored if we start to hear at the end of this season that um, both Petrino and the university are uh, maybe considering different employment situations. Alex, you got a hashtag ask TATC, hashtag ask TATC you like? Yeah. Um, there, man, there's a couple uh, out there that I really want to answer, but I'm going to go with a uh, uh, man. I'm going to go with Dallas Hammer's question. Oh, uh, I can't uh, do Dallas Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Hammer Dallas on Twitter. Uh, why did I allow myself to believe in this team this year? Um, because there's still, there's still a lot of the season left. You should believe in this team until they absolutely prove you wrong. Um, and what I've seen through basically, you know, two FCS games, two FBS games, and one D2 game, this team has not proven me wrong to stop believing in them at this point. So that's why you should still believe in there's a lot of season left. Um, still some great games coming up. And this team needs you to believe in them because that's exactly what this team needs is the support so that they can go out and win. Because that's play as someone who has played in the dome that is full, and someone who has played in the dome when there's three thousand people there, it's a lot more fun and a lot more easy to win uh, when the dome's full and rocking. Uh, it's one of the loudest places I've ever been, and I've been to some pretty big stadiums. So that's why you should still believe in this team. All right. So I really like the Dallas Hammer question as well. So I'm gonna answer that, and then maybe we'll all touch <laughs> T Cash just real quick after. Uh, not already breaking the rules, Chris. Um, Here's why I think you should believe in this team. Andre, let's go down our top rushers this year. Andre Carter, freshman, second. Roshan Johnson, sophomore. Nick Romano, freshman. Then you have Mason Petrino, gone. Then you have Keon Martinez, freshman. Um, then you, you have Jeff Cotton, wide receiver. Logan Kendall, sophomore. Uh, Colton Richardson will be here next year. Uh, receiving, Jeff Cotton, senior. So you lose our top receiver, but guess what? Not far behind him. Control Haywood, sophomore. Connor Whitney, sophomore. Hayden Hatton, freshman. Nick Romano, freshman. Logan Kendall, sophomore. Andre Carter, freshman. DJ Lee, sophomore. Keon Martinez, freshman. Michael Knoll, freshman. Jed Byers, freshman. Roshan Johnson, sophomore. Um, you know, it, it just goes on and on. We're, we're really young. We have coffee coming back. Uh, it, it's You got to believe in this team because they're young. And every week, all they're going to do is get better. Now, whether it manifests itself in the wins this year, Let's hope so, because if it does, we're going to be really scary the next two years because you just heard a lot of sophomores and a lot of freshmen are key contributors on this team, and that's just offense. Go look at our linebacking core. Other than Christian Ellis, all young. Uh, line, young. So, um, you know, we're going to get people in the secondary. It's a really young team, and they're only going to get better, which almost ties in the Brian's point of 
I mean, maybe you don't want to get rid of Paul because he's brought in some talent, and hopefully he can, you know, see what happens. But uh, real quick, that uh, get, get Idaho grown T caches um, question. Uh, hashtag AskTATC. What is your go-to drink after a tough Idaho loss? Mine is scotch uh, and Montucky cold snacks. Um, T Cash, love the question. I'm gonna go with a shot of Jim Beam and make it two of them. Apparently, I'm the only true Idahoan, and the the answer is obviously either Idaho silver vodka <laughs> or oh. Idaho gold blended whiskey. Ugh. Oh, oh, Are you God. okay? Are you feeling? It okay? is a loss, <laughs> but you don't have you, to lose. You too. feel the pain. <laughs> it takes mortification to get through the pain. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Larry Craig uh, because <laughs> I wanna. I want to feel it the Some next morning today. too. You did play. Want, you did it. play for the Vandal football team, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I, I, I do. Want, I want to feel it the next morning after too. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. So, look, Alex, oh. let's pretend people don't know what a Larry Craig is. What's a Larry Craig? <laughs> yeah, some people oh. won't know what a Larry Craig is. For those of you who listen and you've not had a chance to go to the corner club and buy a, the great drink that's a Larry Craig, first of all, it's in a tub cup, uh, which is 32 ounces. It's uh, a whole. Mike's hard, I think like raspberries, strawberry, one of those flavors, a whole twisted tea, and then some rum. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, and, and just remember I, when when you when you're done with it and you gotta go use the restroom, make sure you tap that foot. Tap the foot. <laughs> hey, it's it's a little fruity, but it gets the job done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's what Larry Craig says. <laughs> uh, big sky pick em. Uh week five standings. Brian, we're gonna give you the win. Uh you had a head and a heart pick. Uh, your head's going to count uh, in the overall standings, but we'll give you your heart pick in terms of winning the week. You went five and a half to one and a half. <laughs> that was at UC Davis. You wanted Montana, but you thought UC Davis would win. Uh, then uh, TJ and I both went four and three, and Alex went three and four. That brings our standings to the year. Uh, to Alex, you're in last, but that makes sense. Uh, You've only picked one week. You're three and four. TJ making some climbs. He's down to th there. he's at 34 and seven now. Uh, after my loss to Brian by one, um, I'm at 35 and six. Brian in the lead with 36 and five. But we got another week. It is so much tougher already that we're in Big Sky play. It's uh, impressive. Week six, UC Davis is going to uh, North Dakota. So they've been in Fargo. Now they're in Grand Forks. I believe that's where yes. North Dakota is. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, oh yeah, wait, uh, we go Alex, Chris, TJ, Brian. What? Uh, Which that, that means Alex is officially not an outsider anymore if he's not picking last. Yeah. You, where exactly. people are catching on. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Uh, North Dakota, the, the Fighting Hawks, a.k.a. the Fighting Sioux. Yeah, I'm gonna take, uh, no, I think UC Davis comes back. Um, UC Davis came off two hard losses, uh, I'm gonna pick them to win. I'm going to take UC Davis. North Dakota just lost at Eastern, and the weather really helped North Dakota in that setup. I don't think you, they're going to have the same advantages against UC Davis, and this is for UC Davis to salvage their season there in must-win territory. Yeah, that's so, true. So, UC Davis. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it in the pre-show. Man, they have a tough schedule. Uh, Idaho State versus Montana. Uh, Montana. I'm also going to take Montana. This one's scary. If you're a better, go to five dimes. I think Idaho or Montana is only like a two-point favorite. Eey. Let's go check a look. I'm going to go look real quick. Right? Okay. Uh, TJ. The Grizz, after that win last week, uh, they're going to win again. Montana. 
Uh, Brian Marceau. Yeah, right now, Montana looks like what everyone thought Eastern Washington and UC Davis would be. Uh, not only can they score as well as anyone in the conference, their their defense really beat the hell out of UC Davis. Um, I'm going to go with Montana. Yeah, Jeff Choate's known all along with that vote in the coaches mm-hmm. poll. Uh, real quick, real yeah. quick, Montana, uh, seven and a half point favorites. I'll, I'll still bet a condo on it, and I'm already up for my Cal Poly bet last week. Uh, two condos, Southern Utah versus Portland State. Uh, the Vikes, Portland State rolls. Yeah, I'm also going Portland State. They are better than they showed against Idaho State, and Southern Utah just had their best game of the year against Cal Poly. Um. Uh, Portland State will pull this one off uh, before they have to face the Vandals next week. Portland State wins. Southern Utah was only close last week against Cal Poly because Cal Poly lost three fumbles. It's not going to happen again with Portland State, so Portland State rolls. Uh, we got nine-and-a-half-point nine favorite real quick. I'm just going to tell you all the lines now at this point. <laughs> I, like, that. I like it while you got them pulled up. Uh, Northern yeah. Colorado is going to uh, Flagstaff to play the Lumberjacks. Uh, Northern Arizona, 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, going to take the Lumberjacks at home. Uh, I'm also going to take the Lumberjacks at home. Sorry, Northern Colorado. Good win. Enjoy it because it might be the last of the year. Yeah. Um, NAU pulls this one out. NAU wins handily. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got the Bobcats from Bozeman versus Cal Poly. Um. This might be a mortgage play for all of you betters out there. Montana State's only a five-point favorite on the road, and the Bobcats are going to roll in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Bobcats and whatever the under is. Uh, 62. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, Bobcats have something to prove. They've kind of been, you know, that third, fourth team in the big sky. I Some would they... say first team. Right. You <laughs> never know. I, and they have something to prove. I think they come out big and uh, get a win this week. Uh oh, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, this isn't hard for me. Montana State. It is going to be interesting to see whether Montana State opts to essentially not play a quarterback. Tucker Rovig looked pretty bad against Northern Arizona, and then Montana State starts stomping uh, Northern Arizona when they just bailed on passing altogether in the second half. So that dynamic's interesting to watch. But Montana State should have no difficulty with Cal Poly. Uh, Eastern Washington versus Sacramento State. Low key. Probably the one of the best games in the Big Sky this week. Yeah, um, interesting number line. Anyone have any guesses on what the the spread is? Uh, I believe Sac State's favored by four. Yeah, I got Sac State minus two and a half Ooh. right now as the Ooh. live line on five dimes. Oh. You're home for FCS betting, but uh, yeah, I did five. put money on that one, so I was aware of the spread. <laughs> two and a half Sac State. Um, it might be warranted. Uh, total is set at sixty four. So do with that as you will. Sac State can put up points. So can Eastern. I'm going to take Sac State to win outright. Uh, ooh, man, I can't bet against the Eagle. I I love the Hornets, like, reven- uh, like revived. They've all of a sudden become good again. But, uh, man, Eastern Washington's on a mission. They know they've got to win the Big Sky, and that's not going to happen with a loss at Sac State. Yeah, I'm just – Really happy about being in uh, full swing Big Sky scheduling. I mean, this is, these are fun games to rattle off. Um, it goes quicker. <laughs> yeah, it's, and you know, you're not guessing on some of these. Uh, I'm gonna go with Eastern in this one. Oh, dude, this to me, this is so tough because Sac State has only played one FCS game, so we don't know how much of 
them looking good is just us rounding up FBS teams not having great efforts against them. I'm not yet giving up on Eastern Washington, so I'm going to reluctantly take Eastern Washington. Uh, but and this is, to me, kind of the game of the year right now for Eastern. If Eastern loses here, their season is essentially done. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the Eagles. Sac State beat uh, the Northern Colorado Bears 50-0, to zero, everybody, in case people forgot about that with their short-term memories. Uh, and real, real quick, yes. Chris, real yes. quick. Uh, looking back at uh, UC Davis-North Dakota line, UC Davis is four-point favorites. And then for our Idaho Vandals, we are currently seven-point dogs at home. Interesting. I don't know if I touch either of those spreads. Uh, FCS Fans Nation Pick'em Challenge. Uh, Alex, you get a pick, but uh, I don't think you registered for this either. So you and Brian get to be the, the pickers and not have uh, your name attached to a number every week, which, <laughs> as we're about to go over, is sometimes a good thing. Uh, last week, however, myself, when I turn in picks, I do pretty dang good. Woo! Eight points, beating TJ, who's back to his consistent sixes. Six. <laughs> yeah. Said six every week, but last week, or two oh. weeks ago. Um, then uh, leading up, Mitch Hopkins in first place with 36 points. He's only five points off the total leader, so he dropped a point total. Uh, TJ Hopkins is at 32, tied with Jamie Hill, who also has 32. Connor Lindstrom is in third or sorry, fourth with 29, and then I'm bringing up the rear at 28. Uh, TJ's not eligible to win. I'm not eligible to win. So it's really between Connor, Jamie, and Mitch here. Um, thank you guys for no, – none of them have missed a pick. I've missed picks. They've all submitted picks every week. He I guess wants those tub tokens. The things people that. will do for tub tokens. Uh, week four, we have – I thought these were actually tough too. So nice job, Kyler. Uh, week four, North Alabama versus Hampton. Uh, we're gonna go Alex, Brian, TJ, uh, Chris. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the home team and go with Hampton. Brian, I'm gonna go with Hampton as well. Yeah, I'm going the other side. I'm gonna go with North Alabama. Uh, I am gonna take North Alabama as well. All right, next up we have UC Davis, North Dakota. We already covered that. Furman versus Samford. I'm going to go with Furman. Yeah, I'm going to go with Furman as well. So but, uh, these games are uh, very interesting picked for Kyler. Uh, it's either they're battling for the top of their conference or they're battling for the bottom of their conference. Uh, this game decides first in the SoCon. Great, love the pick. I'm going to go with Furman. Uh, I'm also going with Furman. Furman looks super good this year. They they might be the Kennesaw this year. You never year. know. Top of the SoCon. Yeah, you never do know. Uh, next up, we have Alcorn State versus Alabama State. Uh, Alcorn State. Oh, good Lord, man. Some of these are absolutely tough. Um, <clears throat> Alcorn State has a – yeah, they've got a healthy Sagarin leading over Alabama State, so I'm going to go Alcorn State. Love me some HBCU games, correct? Teams, uh, so yes, teams. game. Yep. And I'm going to go with Alcorn State leading the HBCU. Uh, I just got this word in. Uh, I'm getting a, a fax. We'll call it a fax from Sean Kramer. Taiwan has a, a New Year's calendar, and this year is the year of the Hornets. We talked about Sac State. Alabama State Hornets over the Alcorn State Braves. I'm taking the Hornets. That's everybody I lied to. Please don't look that up. Uh, Missouri State versus Western Illinois. Uh, who are you guys taking? Uh, gonna take uh, the probably one of the best 
nicknames and all sports. I'm going with the Leathernecks, Western Illinois. That is definitely a debatable uh-huh. stat. I've heard it the other way, too. Yeah, dude, this this is the battle for last place of the Missouri Valley, and only because Western Illinois has such an unbelievably boring play style, I'm going to go with Missouri State. I'm going to go with the classic Brian Marceau alphabetical pick and do Missouri State. I actually think I picked the Leathernecks, but I also thought Missouri State would win, so I have no idea who I actually picked because since I missed Two weeks ago, I made sure I'm picking. Uh, I think, I think I'm gonna go Missouri State, but I might have picked the other way in the pick 'em. But either way, I'll, I'll I'll solidify Bears today. Central Connecticut State versus Sacred Heart. Uh, man, this is this is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Sacred Heart. Yeah, for some reason, Central Connecticut State has just been off my radar uh, for for a lot of this season. But the Big Sky is pretty all enveloping. Um, I'm going to go with Central Connecticut State. Oh, TJ, yeah, there's a, that's, a, that's a deep directional school there, right in the heart of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with them and CCSU. I believe CCSU is one of the only undefeated teams in the FCS left. I did not check their game last week, but they were one of the only teams that was 4-0. So, uh I'm going to take Central Connecticut State because why not? Uh, North Dakota State versus Illinois State Redbirds. Um, Got a friend who plays at Illinois State, former Idaho kicker, Sam Fenlison, still kicks there. But the Bison are going to roll Illinois State. Hot take. Central Connecticut does have a loss. Oh. North Dakota State wins. That's not a hot take. That's just <laughs> fat facts. <laughs> uh, TJ? We're on Illinois State, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, I love the Missouri Valley. I think these games are awesome, but North Dakota State. TJ's already prepping for wing corner. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to take North Dakota State, but it's funny you brought up that because I remember the, him as a kicker. You know, it's weird when you have players that were on your team and they bounce around. I just discovered some of you, OD, Kareem Cole, somebody we recruited yes. at quarterback a couple Duquesne. years ago. Yeah, plays he's a, at Duquesne. Yeah, he's a wide receiver at Duquesne, and he had like two yep. touchdowns two weeks ago. So yeah, He's been playing there for a few years. Yeah, he popped up on my radar, and I was like, wait, why does that name sound familiar? And I'm like, that's that, like, I call him the left-handed Mike Vick. I remember watching him in my Sports American Society class. So crazy stuff there. People move around all the time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, anyways, could go on. Tons of stories about that. Last one, game of the week, Central Arkansas versus Nichols. Um, You know, this is is a real tough game. Uh, Both two really good teams. Nichols State favored by two and a half. I'm going to take Central Arkansas outright uh, on the road. Relying on Sagarin ranking, Central Arkansas. But both these teams look like they could be playoff teams, so it should be close. I am as well going with the Bryans, uh, Saigon picks, and doing Central Arkansas. I'm going with the versus sports simulator picks in Central Arkansas. Mm. Uh, so what what game are you guys going to be watching here today? Uh, or Saturday, uh, if you had your option of FCS games. Alex, we'll start with you. What's your pick of matchup in the FCS that isn't the Idaho Vandals? Um, I'm just going to always stick in the big sky because I think that's what I just pay attention to the most. We can only control what we can control in the conference. I'm going to go Eastern and Sac State. 
Man, Alex stole mine because to me that's the most consequential game we got. In that uh, both these, both Eastern and Sac State have to get wins if they want to think about the playoffs. Um, but to go elsewhere, I'm going to say Idaho State at Montana. It's Montana's homecoming. Next week they have a bye, uh, so this is it's an important game for Montana to one pick up FCS win number it'd be five I believe, uh, or would it be six. Uh, but number two. Idaho State's offense looked real good with Matt Strzok last week, airing it out, averaging like 20 yards per completion while throwing five or six touchdowns. Um, Idaho State's defense also looks better this year than it was last year. The Bengals could be a, a sneaky good team where in the pre-conference season, we just didn't see anything from them because of who they played and because Strzok was out with uh, in the concussion protocol for a while. So Idaho State, Montana. Uh, I'm going to go Youngstown State versus Northern Iowa. Youngstown mm. State not getting a lot of credit this year. Northern Iowa was just top 10 to lose in the Weber. Uh, this might go a long way to showing is Youngstown State for real or Northern Iowa get a real big boost after an impressive week one performance against Iowa State, but really all the pieces aren't there. Yeah, I am all about the Missouri Valley in these couple weeks. Um, besides focusing on the big sky schools that we all do, uh, Matthew Frazee, pick me up if you want to. Um, I'm going to go with North Dakota State versus Illinois State. Uh, if Youngstown wins that game, it's a good chance for them to move up. Or I'm sorry, if, you know, depending on what that NDSU-Illinois State game goes. But I love how competitive that is, and I love how these matchups are lining up. And now, get your wet naps ready. For your TJ's Wing Corner. I feel like you need to redo that intro. That was awful. Oh, that was pretty good, I thought. <laughs> I, think you should, I think you should break the glass and then well, now, get your usually, wet naps ready. You, usually you give me the, oh, is it your turn now? And then I go. It's, you, it's your segment. You've been, you skipped Pick'em to prep for it. And now it's time for TJ's Wing Corner. Get your wet naps ready. It's your favorite time of the podcast. Thank you for listening all the way through. Shouts out, T-Cash. Um, this week's Wing Corner, um, a little bit different from Wings. Uh, what I have been craving and haven't gotten enough of lately is Idaho finger steaks. And um, I am jealous of you guys down in Boise for the opportunity to get finger steaks. Westside Drive-In, um, Buster's out there in Eagle, uh, Fancy Freeze. I miss a damn good finger steak with some fry sauce or some hot sauce. And if you're watching the game, if you're not going to be able to make it up to Moscow for the game, I would, you know, kind of seek out some finger steaks. I think that's a great option to get. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the end of my wing corner because I wish I had some finger steaks. Are you not going to ask Alex? I thought you said last week you were going to ask nope. Alex if he was back on. Still, you're still on the on the next tab. Perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of TJ's wing corner. Uh, it's steak, steak, finger fries? steaks, finger, finger steaks. steaks. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I'm originally from Spokane, everybody. I don't know what finger steaks are. Uh, closing the bar. Ask everyone to explain uh, what they've got going on and how to find themselves. How can everybody find you guys, TJ? Uh, at TJ Hopkins 13 on Twitter. Probably won't respond. Sorry about that. Um, Kyler Neal. Hey. Hey. Uh, Brian Marceau, you've got a lot going on. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. 
I write the power the Big Sky Podcast Network's power rankings each week, published on Tubs of the Club and Montana-Mint.com. I also write the Montana-Mint newsletter, the best one-stop shop for all the news and the and all the storylines and all of the Big Sky. Check out my work there. But like the last time, dude, just follow me on Twitter. We'll send it to you, Brian Marceau. Yeah, that's a fact. The newsletter is clutch. You guys need to sign up for that. Um, Alex, what's going on in your life? Yeah, uh, find me uh, at Boatman Alex on Twitter. Find me on Instagram too at Boatman underscore Alex. Um, wish I was gonna be at the home game this weekend, but uh, can't make it due to school. But I'll be down in Portland next week, so really looking forward to that game. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on in my life as well. I will be in Portland and then Idaho State. I will not be making Weber State this weekend. So if I bag on the crowd, you go all can call me a hypocrite again. You can find me at, on Twitter. Actually, if you haven't found me on Twitter at this point, I don't know how to help you use the internet any, any further than finding this podcast. So keep doing what you're doing. I don't need any more Twitter followers. Just keep listening to the podcast. Uh, next week, we just covered it. We've got Portland State up next, hopefully after a big win, and we're talking, do we deserve to be a top 25 team again? Make sure you follow the Big Sky Podcast Network at Big Sky Podcast. Get all our developments, all our awesome content, all the way throughout the season. Now it is time for the best band in all the land, the sound of Idaho. Go back. Go back.